the North Star that I follow is what is the value? Why would someone stop their day and give me five to 10 minutes of their time? And what can I give them in return? What is the value proposition, so to speak? So every single time I think of a video, my main thing is how do I make this so when somebody watches this content, it becomes something that they can take away and just grow. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Golden Hour Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Mays, here in the Polar Pro Studio. Today's guest is Eddie Melendez from EMT Films. Eddie is a content creator on YouTube and a videographer who creates films on YouTube using only his mobile device, which happens to be the new iPhone 11. But he's been using mobile phones through his entire journey on YouTube, giving him a very solid niche in that mobile videography market. The timing of this interview is perfect because we just released the new Light Chaser Pro Photography Kit from Polar Pro. We talk about the Light Chaser in our interview. To learn more about the Light Chaser Pro, go check out our website at polarpro.com. I think if you're somebody who wants to learn more about starting a YouTube channel from scratch, or you want to learn more about mobile filmmaking, then you're going to really enjoy this episode. I want to remind you guys to again, subscribe to this podcast in your podcast player of choice. Without any further ado, let's listen in to my interview with Eddie. Today, we've got Eddie Melendez in from EMT Films, uh, all the way from across the street. <laughs> you live here in Orange County, uh, yes. really close to our studio here. Yes, that's right. I recently moved in, and when I was trying to find where you guys were, it was like super interesting because it was like, oh, wow, it's like seven minutes away. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, but it's great to have you in. I, before we were recording, we were kind of just, you know, getting to know each other. And you mentioned that we met uh, a year ago or something at NAB. Yeah, I think it was NAB. I believe it was like a quick, hey, how you doing? Hey, yeah, yeah. you know, I watch your content, stuff like that. I yeah. think you were, if I'm not mistaken, you were with uh, your Connor. kit. Cause my you, kid, you oh, had yeah. your stroller and everything. I was like, oh, that's really cool. Like, well, oh, that's funny that you saw me like that because my wife and my son, uh, they were going to come hang out with me. And as soon as we walked in the door, the security guards were like, no kids allowed. And then we we're like, what? No kids? What? Right. But, but when you think about it, it's like, uh, I've never seen a kid at a conference. I mean, it kind of makes sense with the sound levels and stuff like yeah. that. But Maybe all the all the technology everywhere you know they can... but what if you were an influencer that's like a kid <laughs> yeah. i guess that's an exception right <laughs> but yeah it was kind of like my wife was pretty bummed you know she had to go back to the hotel and uh, oh, whatever man. but thankfully my in-laws live out there so she just spent the day with her mom so oh, that's cool that was fun cool. but when anyways that's funny that you saw me in that in that way uh yeah so you got to meet my son <laughs> i have a new one now back then she was pregnant so uh, we have two now i've got a four month old and a two year old so it's pretty nuts a lot of work but uh, i bet i bet man (laughs) my hat (laughs) yeah but we were just talking about your youtube channel and what what you do with uh mobile photography mobile videography filmmaking and uh like how interesting that whole world is and how um you know how you began but so let's just start off at the beginning of uh of Eddie, like, where do you come from? How did you start this whole journey that has now led you to doing uh, content creation on, on the internet? Sweet, man. Well, this whole situation uh, started for me when I was 18 years old. I'm originally from San Juan, Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. born and raised. And then when I was 19, I transitioned and I moved out to the mainland. 
Um, but it started because I w- I'm a musician, right? So the band needed photos. Nice. <laughs> and back then, we didn't really have a budget to pay a photographer. So I just ended up picking up like a clearance camera back then, the Olympus yeah. E500. Nice. Is and that a Micro Four Thirds <laughs> camera or is that a film camera? Uh, I think it was. I think it was Micro Four Thirds. Okay. It was an SLR. Yeah. You know, eight megapixels. I remember, and I was like, you know, oh, I got my brand new camera. So yeah. I was like learning, trying to learn as much. And YouTube just kind of like started mm-hmm. by then, but it wasn't like anything like it is right now. Yeah. It was mainly cat videos. <laughs> um, and, and uh, you know, as my journey continued to unfold and, and me trying to figure things out and learn the fundamentals, I just started creating content. But mm-hmm. it was just for fun, like skits and kind of like SNL skits, stuff like that with my friends. Yeah. And uh, alongside with my music passion, they kind of like continued hand by hand and evolved. And when the opportunity became available for me to move, to pursue my passion for music, I literally continued to do that. So I moved to Philly and for five years, actually, I lived there. I was doing wedding photography. I was doing, you know, just gigging. But the content that I was putting out wasn't really capturing any traction. And when I remember when the iPhone 5 came out, Mm -hmm. that's when I really started seeing like a shift in just like quality. I was like, oh, wow, like, cell phones are getting actually like a little bit more <laughs> capable yeah. and oh better specs and i just started tinkering with it and trying to recreate uh kind of like that cinematic or that dslr look or depth of field and stuff like that with smartphones yeah and that's when stabilizers started to become a thing with the osmo mobile and mm-hmm. stuff like that with the iphone 6 and whatnot so I started picking things up and started making my own videos and posting them on social media. And then a uh, bunch of my friends were like, hey, how, you know, what, what rig were you using? What camera were you using? Oh, it's just iPhone. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, you can do pretty good work with it nowadays. It's like, camera's really good. And then that's how I started thinking, hey, more people are asking me more and more about, you know, the, si- the smartphone side of things. So when we bring in the DSLR knowledge, Back mm-hmm. then, I mean, right now it's almost non-existent because I've mm-hmm. been on smartphones for so long that I just decided, hey, let's just go ahead and do those tutorials and kind of like the explanation that I was giving to my neighbor or whatnot. I just started filming it and here we are. Yeah, It kind of like has continued to snowball little by little. And so How'd you end up here in California then? So from Philadelphia, um, I moved in, of course, from uh, Puerto Rico to Philadelphia and uh pursuit of my music passion right so i'm a musician i'm in a metal band as well so i kind of like i'm the front man there that explains the hair yeah (laughs) (laughs) and um the opportunity became uh uh, you know opportunity manifested for me to join an old high school band that i had in puerto rico that you know we kind of like parted ways Mm -hmm. Uh, they were really good friends nonetheless but they started touring the u.s and traveling around and in one of the runs across the U.S., I, hey, do you need a photographer? Mm-hmm. So I hopped on their van for a couple of days and I took some shots and whatnot. And their drummers, my best friend in the world, uh, asked me, hey, man, our vocalist is leaving. Uh, we're moving to California to continue the band and try to, you know, make a, a career out of this. Do you want to yeah. do you want to come? And I was like, yes. <laughs> 
And then the hardest part was just to tell my wife, hey, we're going to California. Do you want to come? Like, I'm going to California. Do you want to come? And she was like, what do you mean? And the rest is history. We we made the journey. She flew. I drove. So that's nice. pretty, pretty interesting. Well, you got all the stuff, right? You had oh, to bring yeah. all the stuff. So Yeah. So yeah, uh, here we are. And what's I've the name been, of the band so people can look? The the band's name is the Mirage Theory, the Mirage Theory. Awesome. Uh, right now we're kind of like uh, in between uh, records, so we're coming up with a, a new album, to, like all recorded and stuff like that. It's pretty mm-hmm. exciting. But our drummer is on tour with another band as well, so it's like everybody has their own little yeah and thing that they do on the side. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, how do you balance that then? Uh, with do you is it kind of uh, like is it kind of the same mindset because it's both artistic, like music and film, uh, video? They're they're both a beautiful mashup, chaotic yeah. <laughs> situation because, you know, if if you really think uh, in, in in stop for a second to think about all the uh, intricacies, right, that requires filming, editing, posting a video, and then just a laundry list of things that we have to do after the fact, right, the engagement and the maintenance, so to speak. That same exact thing applies to the music side of things, right? So content creation for, you know, stationaries or visuals and videos and things like that, but also merchandise and booking and things like that. So it's a little bit more of a, you know, hands-on approach in terms of like the people. Mm-hmm. I feel that if you're a content creator only, uh, it's not like it's easier, but there's really not that much uh, human interaction required in terms of like face to face, shaking True. hands and moving around. Um, most of the bulk is like behind the screen, and then you're filming yourself and whatnot. But once you're uh, once you're out on the road, shaking hands, meeting people, um, I feel you have to kind of like slowly develop the kind of like a personal skills to be able to connect and relate to people. So I feel that even though it's like double the work. Uh, whenever I'm doing both of them at the same time, it's very rewarding because one complements the other. Like mm-hmm. being able to uh, meet people, read people's stories, and kind of like know where they're coming from and why they like what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, it just opens up a, a I don't know, a, a new door in my mind to, man, like that's super cool. How do we apply that back to the channel and stuff like that? So, And what a cool uh, kind of background and topic to make your videos about too. You're on the road doing a show. That's some great content. Yeah. Right? So I, I can't wait to kind of like get back on the release cycle um, because, you know, we haven't done it in a year. We haven't toured in a year. We haven't really performed as much in a year mm-hmm. uh, since everybody had a bunch of projects going on the side and the record and whatnot. But I feel that uh, uh, all the this past 2019 worth of growth could definitely translate very, very well for just both entities you know my channel and then of course the the bands so it's really cool I, I it's just practice you know the more practice i just feel it, it it will elevate any type of like endeavor so i can't wait i'm itching to go yeah. back and perform and then be able to like capture it so before we start recording we were talking about <laughs> your kind of philosophy on uh the camera that you use to shoot your videos with you mentioned that you shoot on mobile phones and right now you've got your iphone 11 uh, sitting over here with the new Polar Pro uh, case as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, the, the light chaser, the light chaser oh setup. Oh my god, yeah, pretty cool. Uh, blown away. <laughs> so, what you know? Talk about that. Your philosophy of your YouTube channel. You know, you're shooting everything on a mobile phone. Yes. So, um, uh, just uh, to give a little background, I started SLR, right? And mm-hmm. like, like most people uh, do, out of watching others uh, uh, on YouTube. 
I remember the first video that I saw that made me want to buy a Canon camera was uh, uh, his name was Devin Supertramp. Oh yes, yeah, of course, Devin. Devin. And I got to meet him last year, so it was pretty cool. And I saw his rope swing video and I said, ah, oh, I know, I feel it in my heart that I can do that. So I just immediately ran out the door and bought a camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, after a while of me trying to put content out there, I wasn't really getting as much traction because other other creators, other seasoned veterans were already, you know, tapping into that market. So I, I, I don't know, I just kind of like put it down for a little while and started doing things with my phones. And by the time the iPhone 5 and the 6 came out, I was, uh, you know, applying kind of like the same mentality and the same idea uh, with exposure, composition and things like that. And just, you know, miniaturizing it and making it fit into a phone. And I just decided to go that round mainly because of convenience too. You know, we're traveling. If you're touring, the less gear you have, the better. So I just started making the best out of the smartphones uh, that I had. And other people were asking me, oh, what camera are you using? Oh, I'm using my phone. I was like, oh, wow. Was that your phone? Yeah. Oh, you do it this way and you do it that way. And then I started getting a bunch of texts and messages from my, you know, immediate family and friends. How do you do this? How do you do that? And I remember making one video, literally like a selfie video, just me explaining them how to do things. Uh And then that was like the moment where I was like, oh, let me just record it, edit it and put like a tutorial on top of it of me doing the work. That way they know, and then I just post it on YouTube. That way they could access it anytime, and then that's how the whole situation started. And it's just been incredible, like how smartphones in general have just evolved real quick, real fast. In less than a decade, we have you know now phones that can shoot 8K and stuff like that. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like what? Yeah, yeah, but that's it's only uh, get better. Oh yeah. Uh, so that's in a nutshell how kind of like I just grew into the smartphone photography videography side of things and mm-hmm. everything on the channel I would say probably about 95% of the content I have there has been recorded with smartphones only wow um, I do have some GoPros and some uh, Insta360 videos and stuff like that but it's because you could use your phone with those too yeah, it kind of falls in that same category in a way because you, yeah. you really need your phone to, to utilize you know the 360 app and all that kind of yeah. stuff with the Insta very cool and I mean, what have you, so what have you learned, you know, over the last couple of, I mean, how long have you really been active as a YouTuber? Two years? As a, as a YouTuber, about three years. Two, three years? As a, yeah. I, I don't call it full-time, but it feels full-time because I legitimately don't have the time in the day to be full-time because I still have a full-time job. Yeah. Um, uh, the goal, of course, is to be full-time content creator, YouTuber, and whatnot. But, uh, you know, burning the midnight oil, all the stuff that, that I've been able to learn, man, it's just that the camera, yeah, it's a fantastic tool to create. And the better camera you have is definitely going to allow you to push the envelope. But it all comes down to, you know, the photographer at that point, right? Um, and and just that repetition, that practice, and that vision, being able to put yourself in situations that are not ideal and uncomfortable um it's come from a place of me trying to kind of like prove mm-hmm. people that say oh you should get a real camera or something like that and then i just pocket that and think okay how how can i make this the best i can make it without having to concur and go into purchase a full-blown slr and whatnot not saying that they're not necessary on the contrary 
but I, I don't know. It, it's, it's been all this time kind of like a way for me to prove that mm -hmm. the camera is nothing but a vehicle, right? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> the other day I used an analogy um, with someone about the camera situation and said, oh, should I, should I get this camera or should I continue shooting with my iPhone? I'm like, hey, you can get a camera, but you could also get a Ferrari. <laughs> if you're stuck in 91 at 8 a.m., mm -hmm. you're not going to go any faster than the mm -hmm. Prius next to you. So it all comes down to, you know, your technique. It all comes down to your vision. Are you, you know, able to take advantage of all that the, the camera can do, whether it's a smartphone, SLR, and stuff like that. So that's been kind of like the philosophy and the grounding mechanism that I have to avoid me spending money on all the gear that I want to <laughs> buy too. So it's kind of like a win-win thing in terms of like proving myself and just saving some money too. <laughs> well, when Apple started adding extra lenses to their cameras, oh, that made God, it yeah. way more exciting for you, I'm sure. Absolutely. Oh, all, all these companies coming out now with just, I, I, I find it as convenient and as powerful. Um, but the biggest thing for me is just time, mm -hmm. right? Being able to just go and do it. And switching lenses is not a first world problem and things like that when you have an SLR. Uh, but when you're in the heat of the moment, you just want to capture something real quick. I really enjoy the fact that I can just pop it up, swipe to the left, and boom, take that shot, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and it's going to continue to get even crazier. Yeah, really <laughs> I, really. I can only see, you know, judging from the growth from the past years, it's mind-bending. What's next, do you think, with mobile photography? What do you... Uh, I feel... I feel that the next frontier in mobile photography is it's just going to be AI based <laughs> mainly. Yeah. We're already I, seeing a lot of yeah. great computational photography things. Yeah. I think the photos have gotten so good, but the video still has a lot of room for improvement. Yes. And so we, I think we'll start to see more computational video happening. And I, I kind of envision a near future where you have a device that is constantly buffering, mm -hmm. constantly recording, kind of like what it does now, but in, in, instead of like a short three second burst or whatnot, I think it's always going to be continuously uh, uh, recording and capturing something for, for the, oh, just in case kind of moments, the mm -hmm. hypotheticals, but we can all agree that we've been in situations where, oh, I wish I, I caught that out or I wasn't recording or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I feel that that's going to be uh, definitely very huge and, and just overall improvement in quality. I mean, we're seeing 8K coming out right now on smartphones and it's mm -hmm. like, it's just going to continue to get better. And, and it's unbelievable that, that nowadays we're going to be able to, you know, that, that now we're able to create uh, quality content that to a certain extent it's very uh, uh, hard to determine where that video came from mm -hmm. especially if your content goes to social media and things like that and depending of course on whatever you're recording but it's awesome it's awesome that technology is yeah. just growing where do you think mobile photography falls apart is it um, I mean obviously the sensor size is so the sensors are tiny compared to yeah. a, a full frame for example totally um, I also feel, of course, you know, because of that, the the dynamic range, of course, it's it's unrivaled on SLRs when when you're contemplating that. Um, but again, they're doing computational HDR stuff that's gonna just continue. I mean, right now, <laughs> right now, I've been able to get some shots that when I look at it, I'm like, oh my god, yeah, like 
the sky is perfect. The like, shadows are perfect. Like eighteen year old me would never believe that that that's a thing right now. Um, I also feel though the biggest hurdle that I have is just storage. You know, being able to be efficient with storage and and have a system that that moves the files around, right? That's a thing right now. But how does that continues to get optimized over the years with the different mm-hmm. cloud services and stuff like that? So, what I mean, what is your workflow when my, you shoot a video? So, because is it your real phone that you're shooting with? Yes, that is my phone. Okay, so you're not you don't have two phones. You don't have one in your pocket for a phone and the one that you're filming with. So I have a couple of phones. Um, I have my iPhone. I have a Pixel Four. And then I have a S10 that I'm also looking to, you know, trade up to the 20. Um, But I mainly shoot on my iPhone 11 Pro. Um, And the other ones I switch back and forth. One of the major reasons for that is 4K60, right? Being able to shoot at 4K60 and, 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 and stuff like that, it's definitely very impactful. I mainly, mainly shoot 4K60 unless I know for a fact that there might not be a potential for me to shoot you know, or slow things down after the fact. Whenever I'm doing interviews or just, you know, the face cam, so to speak, then I shoot at 24. Um, I hear a lot of people saying that's a correct frame rate yeah. <laughs> on the internet. Um, There's but, a debate on it, but yeah. <laughs> but I digress. Um, traditionally, 4K60 is, is where I shoot, and I shoot everything on the phone. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it depends on the situation. If I'm in a convention like CES, creating B-roll and you know behind the scenes and stuff like that, I turn off uh, Wi-Fi and airplane and enable airplane mode on whichever phone to avoid that footage hitting the cloud. Mm. The moment it, hit the cloud, it hits the cloud, it's no longer in my phone. So then I depend on internet to be able to transfer that footage. Okay. If the hotel has Wi-Fi or I know that I'm going to get really good speeds at home, then I'll just let it go up there. Okay. And then by the time I get home, I have it on my, on my computer, on my Photos app, because I'm using just automatically, you know, just the so native just stuff. Apple uh, iPhoto or whatever? Like yeah. It's there. And then from there, I export them. Okay. And then I move them out. The biggest problem that I'm having right now, just with any phone, whether I'm using an iPhone or a Pixel, it's just storage. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm using Filmic Pro on either phone, and shooting 4K, uh, 100, 115, 120 megabit per second video. A podcast like such as this one for one hour would be easily about 100, 150 gigs. <laughs> <laughs> My Mac is 256. Uh-huh. So if I let that hit the cloud and we don't have internet, then I don't have a way to bring that footage down. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a timely manner. So I just literally have everything on the phone and then just transfer it over to the computer. Um, there are other devices that I have tinkered with, like the Nardbox, for example, um, and some extra mobile hard drives that you can just easily now plug into your phone and transfer footage. That's really, really nice. But it's definitely been a challenge pre uh, uh, being able to yeah. <laughs> look up external hard drives and things like that. Because at the beginning, it was just understanding where is my footage? Is it on the phone? Is it on the cloud? What in the world am I seeing on my phone? Mm-hmm. Is it really there? And then when I got down that workflow, oh, I get why my videos are taking too long to download. I understand why the quality is not the same, right? Um, once you get over kind of like the technical aspect of how the system works, then the workflow becomes very similar to what you would do right now with an SLR, right? You take your SD, print the computer and that's it 
So I kind of assume both workflows depending on the situation. Mm-hmm. Do you? Why don't you just turn off the iCloud completely then? Do you like having the the fact that it backs up like that, or is that why? I do. I, I do enjoy the backing up, the redundancy backing uh, up uh, option, but I would need right now a two terabyte phone for me to store the <laughs> the work in progress. Okay, I see. And having it uh, on cloud storage allows me to have that not live on the phone, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And then I can just like shoot multiple videos in one seating. Sure. And then not have to worry about transferring all the time. Okay. So it's, yeah, it's... it's so you're it, talking about like real storage issues. That's insane. Yeah, like right Two now... Two terabytes. <clears throat> right now, the, uh, the for example, the S10, uh, the S20 and the S20 Plus, you can go all the way up to terabyte and a half of of local storage so you're like sweet so i would be awesome right so, <laughs> so you know everybody's so. like everybody on the internet's like this is insane nobody needs this and you're like i need it <laughs> oh my god when i saw one and a half right i think the note um was one of the first ones i could do a terabyte and stuff like that. i was like oh that's so good because <laughs> right now you know and, and it doesn't really matter like how much storage you have there's always ways to kind of like move files around right there's ways to do that but on a on a kind of like perfect wishful thinking scenario uh, you know i would love to minimize the amounts of times that i have to move my footage over right it's easy yeah. and quick quickly that i can just well in the ideal in. world it would have a micro sd card slot on it absolutely that you could just take out put it in your computer and you're done done and, and then when like that, that one fills up you put a new one in you could have 10 sd cards in your backpack and a fire truck that drives by <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, but unfortunately, it doesn't seem like anybody is doing that anymore. Are there still phone companies that do SD cards? Um, I think right now uh, Samsung's still rocking them. Um, I do, I do, I do understand though. Uh, I feel that the future is going to be, you know, mainly cloud-based mm-hmm. in that scenario. I wouldn't be surprised if we find a camera that could give you that added functionality, like a yeah. like a SLR that. While you're connected to Wi-Fi at home, it's just syncing your files to whichever cloud-based system they adopt or something like that. So, well, 5G, when it fully unleashes, will kind of allow that to be realistic. Yes. Because the speed of that is, you can just, as you're shooting, upload to the cloud like, and it's real time. Yes. So, very exciting. That's, uh, you know, one of the major reasons why I'm like contemplating <laughs> buying that Samsung phone, the S20. Uh, just to tinker with that, right? And and whenever there's 5G, you know, uh, in a wide adoption right now, I believe there's only a handful of cities that have it and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I totally agree. That's going to be crazy. And the company that capitalizes on, for example, like the DSLR side of, side of things, uh, that capitalizes on that front, I'm pretty sure they're just going to kind of like be early, beachfront property kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. that would be amazing. And that way I wouldn't have to like transfer on the spot and stuff like that absolutely i'm interrupting this podcast to tell you briefly about the new light chaser pro kit from polar pro now eddie used this kit in his mobile filmmaking and in some tutorials with his daily video content that he's making on his phone and i think you're gonna love it too the iphone 11 pro's triple camera system is really changing the game in mobile content creation The Light Chaser Pro controls unwanted light before it enters your lens with our mobile optimized neutral density filters, variable ND, and circular polarizer filters. 
This complete creative system is built specifically for mobile filmmakers and photographers to deliver shots never before possible on an iPhone. One of our top selling products is the variable neutral density filter that we have designed for big cameras and big lenses. We now have that incredible technology and quality on a mobile platform. Again, never before seen at this level for mobile photography and filmmaking. To learn more about the Light Chaser Pro, go check it out on Polar Pro's website at polarpro.com. Let's go ahead and go back to our interview with Eddie. So I'm sure this is a very common question, but I'm going to ask it for the audience. If I'm somebody starting a YouTube channel and all I have is a phone, what are some essentials that you would recommend uh, to get started? Absolutely. So I'm a firm believer that the phone is pretty much everything you need to get started, right? Put a little asterisk at the very end because technology or gear shouldn't be a determining factor in for you to talk yourself out of it. Um, a lot of people often love to say, oh, I need to get this in order to get that. Mm -hmm. And I feel that that's, you know, it could be true, but at the same time, it's kind of like yourself imposing a roadblock, right? Um, so being able to create what you want to create with what you have is going to definitely determine a lot of what your character is going to be because it's going to push you to, you know, take the most advantage possible of the device that you have and then slowly insert more value into your channel, into your audience. So I remember when I started filming, I had no lights, no microphones, no nothing. I just started filming and then little by little, oh, hey, what's up, guys? We have a microphone now. <laughs> <laughs> and we have this, you know, loom cube thing. And, and now quality slowly evolving and you grow with your audience, you know, and people that have been following you for quite some time, whether it's couple of people or hundreds of people they would appreciate that you are learning and growing and thinking about their experience so yeah i honestly the phone that one of the major reasons why i love smartphone videography and photography is it's kind of like a one-stop shop right if you really really put your mind to it you can shoot and you can edit a video on your phone and just post it right there on the spot applications like filmic pro Applications like LumaFusion right now uh, and different accessories, of course, depending on your needs, like like lenses, right, or filters, <laughs> right, like the light chaser kit. Those are things that are just going to continue to elevate that experience and and just, you know, seek that journey of getting better. You can better. grow while, while your channel grows. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think... So a tripod is a good place to start. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> a lot of people are like, I have a phone, but I don't know how to set it up. I, it always falls over. It's like, well, buy a tripod. Buy a little tripod, yeah. yeah <laughs> buy one of those little, you know, uh, Jobies or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever tripod solution. Or once again, I mean, the <laughs> this is... The light chaser. The light chaser. The grip is a tripod. Mm -hmm. So I found myself in Disneyland just putting it on like a table while I'm eating my churro and recording a time lapse. Just nice. like that, right? So not letting the, uh, the 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 roadblocks that you encounter deter you from creating, and of course, more important than anything, not put your own roadblocks because mm -hmm. it's super easy to talk yourself out and to not do what you're thinking of doing. Um, but yeah, I would say if there would be essentials to get, a tripod would be kind of like one of the most important ones. <laughs> I remember last year at EA Play, I went to you know the gaming event in mm -hmm. E3, and I actually forgot my little tripod mm -hmm. in my car. And when I got there, because I usually put it in my, my jacket, right? Because I want to travel as light as possible. 
and I had a checklist of things that I would needed to capture. And then I realized, oh my God, I need to record a time lapse. How do I prop this phone? So I bought water. <laughs> <laughs> and I used a water bottle <laughs> as a little prop to get it up. But I'm not saying just use a water bottle, but yeah. figure it out. Find ways yeah. to achieve. A little bag uh, of dirt, anything. Anything. <laughs> but yeah, definitely get a little tripod. Um, definitely get some filters. And uh, an audio, I audio. think, I think, especially when it comes to a mobile device, <clears throat> if you have clean, good sounding audio, that really makes you stand out. Yeah, absolutely. I've made that mistake countless of times where I didn't prepare myself with a good audio solution. Um, and it, it, it shows, you know, I, somebody would rather listen to something that, that sounds very nice and crisp, but the picture quality not, might not be the best. Uh, but if you do have really good sounding audio, people can bear the visual and maybe mm-hmm. listen to it while you're doing something else, which yeah, is cool. Like PewDiePie, right? his visuals are awful, but his audio is But cool. his audio is pretty good. <laughs> it, it clips from here and there, but that's part of the whole yeah. PewDiePie experience, which is awesome. Every, every time I'm watching one of his videos that I stumble upon and hearing that clipping sound where he's like yelling, it's like, oh, there it is. <laughs> but it's, it, you know, it's fun and games. Um, yeah. Though the audio, uh, the microphone system has been greatly improved, uh, improved over the years on, on smartphones. There is no denying that there's a lot of like just overall room audio mm. that the phone captures in stereo now. Um, so definitely arming yourself with, you know, some really cheap yeah. but you can, you powerful just, mics. You just buy a $20 uh, lav that plugs oh, in. Yeah. And just the proximity of having the microphone on your shirt versus away on a tripod, that proximity makes the difference. So even oh, yeah. if it's a cheap mic, the fact that it's right next to your mouth sounds clear. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've actually used a couple... Uh, I've always had this question. I saw that you have a microphone on your on your on your camera uh, right oh, now, yeah. the shotgun mm-hmm. mic. Is it deity or is it deity? Deity. Deity. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, uh, we actually interviewed Andrew, the president of deity, and he says both uh, deity, deity, and deity. So deity or deity. I don't know. I always said deity. It's a sick microphone, let me tell you. <laughs> but I've actually tinkered uh, with some of their mics, and their labs are fantastic as well, and they're very affordable. They're around that price range. You have a couple different ones. Uh, some of the Rode microphones as well. Like yes. The, the video mic Meow, for example, is a fantastic just plug-and-play kind of situation. So, yeah, yeah you can totally... Get some get some awesome sounding uh, microphones for a very affordable price. But again, like you said, to back up what you said earlier, don't let that be a barrier. Like, oh, I need to get my mic and my lights before I start. Just take your phone, get a water bottle, and make it work. Boom. You know, <laughs> <laughs> DIY. You um, don't even need to buy a tripod. I guarantee you could find some stuff around your house to make a tripod. To like, make it prop. Yeah. If you I really, saw somebody if, use Legos once to make a little iPhone clamp whoa, with Legos. That's so cool. <laughs> now I want to go do that. You should. You should make a, a YouTube video about but if, that. If, if, <laughs> honestly, if you really think about that stuff, that shows character. That shows that you really want to do it. So whenever I see stuff like that or I hear stuff like that, it's like, oh, yeah, that's super cool. Like, I, yeah. I wish I would have thought that because <laughs> I could just get a Lego set and set up a little stand. And now I have my stationary thing that's always going to be consistent. So that's yeah. awesome. You just slide your little phone into the little <laughs> Lego slot. Um, what do you think about these uh, lenses? I mean, there's all these companies that make lenses. And now, you know, the iPhone has three lenses. You know, it looks like the new Google phone's going to have three lenses. It seems to be kind of the trend right now is they're building in these lenses. 
where do you find value in like a moment lens or the Sandmark or those types of products? Totally. I mean, I, I, I love the, uh, I love the Sandmark and Moment lenses. They're fantastic uh, pieces of equipment as well. I feel that they can fit specific needs. If you're somebody that, let's say, does not have an iPhone 11, and mm-hmm. you have an iPhone 10, or you have a, a Pixel th- a 3 or 2, there's really no sure. need for you to upgrade at one point, and you're happy with your phone. Then like the, uh, the 3A is such an affordable oh, yeah. phone, and the camera's great on it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So you can totally... You know, hey, I would love to get that two times zoom that mm-hmm. the Pixel has. Boom. Then you have the option to invest in a lens that will last longer, right? In terms of phones. Uh, having said that, there's a conversation to be had, right? Sometimes I don't bring a lens when I know I have already that focal length on my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, it also opens up the door for similar focal lengths, but with better aperture. Because right now, True. if you were to shoot wide on these ultra wide cameras on phones now, the aperture is definitely not on par with the main uh, camera. So in terms of light, portrait, like depth of field and stuff like that, uh, you might not get the same effect if sure. you were looking for that artistic approach. Then that's definitely. a very that's a very niche thing, though, right? Because I would argue that the convenience of not having to carry around a lens outweighs the little bit of noise you're going to get. There right? it is. So that's fantastic. <laughs> Usually when I shoot videos in like Disneyland and I'm just having fun and I'm just getting B-roll or whatever, or I go to LA and I'm just, you know, hanging out with friends, but I use that as, a, as an excuse to capture some B-roll of whatever video I'm working on. Um, then I just run just straight up with the phone and that's it. But if I know that I want a specific shot or I would love a wide, like an ultra wide shot, but I would like a little bit of, you know, blur in the background and some separation, then it's all intentional. Yeah. You know? If you have a, you know, Pixel 3a, like you mentioned, then definitely that will open up the possibilities if you were looking for something like that. Yeah. Um, I get a lot of questions all the time with people that want to get closer, mm-hmm. right? So that's usually, oh, I have a son that's a football player. I want to be able to take pictures and videos of that person closer, but I only have my smartphone. Then being able to leverage, you know, a 60 or a 58 millimeter lens that you could put on top. You can even put it on top of your telephoto lens. Yeah. Makes it even tighter. Yeah. Telephoto on top of telephoto. Yeah. And with, uh, you know, the the different apps that allow you to tap into that, I I feel that a lot of people, you just could do what they want to do without having to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars. That's what's amazing is, you know, here we are professionals and we're looking at it from a professional perspective. My mom used to buy little point-and-shoot cameras for years, and before that, it was little film point-and-shoots. And now, for the last, you know, I don't know, seven years, she's only had a phone. Mm-hmm. And I see that everywhere. Every every time you go to Disneyland, anytime you go anywhere touristy, people don't have point-and-shoot cameras anymore. Like, I'm saying, like, normal kind of average consumers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting because... Your channel does focus on a lot of the professional things that come in the mobile space. But the truth is, is, you know, like you said, you're getting a lot of comments about these types of kind of simple requests. And it's an interesting market that you're you're in with your YouTube channel because you have the consumer audience, but then you also have professionals as well who are interested as well. Those things are kind of starting to merge. Yeah, absolutely. Especially now with the capabilities of these guys, I've, I've slowly started to notice other content creators that are mainly, you know, you know, SLR and, and stuff like that, 
like DM me and ask me questions about, hey, which stabilizer do you really, really like? <laughs> right? Stuff like that. I'm thinking of shooting some B-roll and some behind the scenes on, on, on smartphones. Um, but I want to stabilize it. I was like, oh, that's super cool, right? Because you have like, you know, big yeah. music video produ- uh, productions. Yeah. But the, the behind the scenes is being filmed on mobile. Yeah. Which just speaks volumes to the convenience of, you know, just having the one guy rather than a crew with mm-hmm. gear and other stuff. So, Absolutely. And I think what you've done is really smart. And you mentioned this early in our conversation is you were like, well, everybody's doing, you know, this and that on YouTube. I'm going to just go all in on this mobile thing. And I think it was really wise because you're going to grow. Your channel will continue to grow as you put out more content, but also as phones get better. Now you're the guy. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, or, or at least I'm trying. <laughs> well, I mean, like you said, though, people are, are sending you those DMs, yeah, you yeah. know, because they see you as that expert. Right? As that expert, yeah. And I mean, uh, so now's like, now's the time. If you want to get into the YouTube space and you're interested in mobile photography and filmmaking, like, go now. Like, absolutely. these cameras are going to just get better and better. Yeah, this is like the 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 golden era, I would say, of, of like smartphone videography and, and filmmaking because it's, it's, it's just incredible, like being able to see this thing grow from like flip phones. I remember, you know, just the pictures that I used to take mm-hmm. ten years ago on on you know my razor and funny like, yeah, my last non smartphone was a razor and now we have a <laughs> foldable razor. That's crazy. Yeah, um, it's it's like what I mean. It's not the same, but it's like watching something little grow and see what it can do in life, kind of thing. Yeah. So it's super crazy to the that now we're at a point that if you want it, if you want to do content creation mm-hmm. you have a very powerful tool to start i mean uh obviously steven soderbergh made i think three films now real hollywood budget like they're indie films but they're real hollywood films all on the iphone mm-hmm. and That's uh crazy. he could totally shoot on a red if he wanted to like mm-hmm. it's not even a budget constraint he did it intentionally because he he likes that format and uh it allowed him to do things creatively that he couldn't do any other way. Yeah, I feel that also camera placements mm-hmm. are getting impacted very, very heavily, right? With the birth of like GoPros and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. Being able to put the camera on a tight spot is also mm-hmm. what a lot of people uh, that are used to filming with, you know, big professional rigs or slowly incorporating these extra side shots with, with smartphones and small, yeah. you know, cameras. So but like my. Uh, I'm going to play a devil's advocate because I'm a gear reviewer, right? Yeah. Like, And so I see all these, I'm constantly with these mirrorless cameras. Like, I'm like, well, the the Sony cameras are just as small as an iPhone, like for True. the most part. Like a 6300 with a pancake lens is the same size. It's a little thicker, but like if it's a size thing, is it is it a money thing? Is it, is it like, well, this is what I have in my pocket, so I'm just going to use this? Or, but there's people on the high end that are intentionally shooting on phones where it's like, I know you can afford a camera. So like, <laughs> why do you choose to shoot on it? And I, when, before we recorded, you said, ah, that ESR is tempting. Yes. Me. So, yeah, I mean, I really you're want tempted by real cameras, right? Yeah. Cause ultimately, <laughs> ultimately at the very end of the day, I'm still a photographer. I, I still value the medium, right? I'm very passionate about just the concept of capturing something right a moment in time that you could always go back to it's the closest form of time travel for me personally you can always go back um having said that if i were to drop right now the money that i i'm going to drop on the esr for example um i still need something to put that video out where i want it right so if i want Mm -hmm. to post on social media if you want to edit that video you would need something additional whether it's a computer 
whether it's a phone or a tablet or whatever it is, I feel that the capability of you being able to have a a closer, complete solution mm-hmm. is what's making smartphone videography and, and photography the powerhouse that it is because you could totally post behind the scenes content in one hour mm-hmm. on your phone mm-hmm. without having to just transition over to another device to fully edit it and stuff like that. So also I feel the, the processors in these phones are insane. It's insanity. The, uh, the iPhone, was it the A13 or whatever they call it? it's so much faster than even like I have a 16 inch MacBook pro and that can outperform it in certain ways. Absolutely. I mean, I I just feel like I I was doing some research, right. And some of these processors right now, whether it's an Android device or iOS device, some of them are more powerful than your average 13 inch computer at this point. Mm -hmm. So that just speaks volume, right? Right now, uh, Luma fusion just came out. Literally, I think it was yesterday with XML export. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Final, <laughs> Final Cut. Final Cut. I was like, geez. So it can be a real transitional, like on the road you're editing and then boom, send it to Final Cut. Yeah, yeah. and I actually used it. Um, I was, you know, on their little, you know, test flight uh, mm-hmm. for a couple months ago. And before I came out, I was tinkering with it and my computer was down. So I built my timeline in LumaFusion, which now supports six 4K streams. <laughs> and 12 audio lanes. I was like, how is this a thing on my phone, right? It's insane. I dropped my LUTs and some of my basic, you know, color grading and, you know, cool, cool, cool. And then I just export it to X, uh, XML to add my transitions and things like that. Um, but if they had other transitions, I could have finished the whole project there. So it's getting to the point where in terms of raw power, things are just becoming way more capable. Um, so I feel that a lot of, a lot of, um, you know, starting users or beginner users and, and seasoned professionals value the capability of you just being able to just put it out there uh, mm-hmm. uh, quicker. You know, there's something also kind of intangible about it uh, that I've kind of been curious about because I'm, I'm thinking about starting, uh, like being very strategic about a TikTok thing. I could yes. talk to you about it off uh, mic. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> But I was I've i met some big TikTokers a couple of weeks ago, and I was asking them. And they one of the guys that I met is actually a filmmaker, but he, he and he's got like millions of followers on TikTok or whatever. But he shoots everything on his phone, and I was like, should I shoot it on my real camera and then bring it over? He's like, no, don't do it. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, there is a feeling and like there's a there's a tone to it, just like for musicians, like a Gibson Les Paul sounds different than a Fender uh, Strat, right? They have a different tone to it. They have a different feeling. And when you shoot on a phone, whether it's a combination of the audio that's built in, that's kind of decent. Yeah. And then the kind of shaky handheld look, but then also just the small sensor, like handheld look, it just makes it more relatable. Yeah. I feel there's a certain, uh, a sense of immersion too, right? Because we're we're getting used to seeing that kind of videos, right? Uh, now in portrait, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, we FaceTime each other. <laughs> we FaceTime s- each other. I, I feel that there's more of a relatable thing that could trigger, oh, I can do that. Mm-hmm. You know, so I feel that more people are uh, uh, more prone to start creating and get motivated whenever mm-hmm. you have something that looks like what they have. Mm-hmm. Um and less intimidating too, because mm-hmm. if I tell you, oh, I did that on my phone. The, here's the app. Go ahead. Oh, cool. Ticket of entry is a zero. Yeah. Um, you know, of course not. 
you know, <laughs> talking about, you know, not being able to do stuff like that because I've seen really good social media posts made on SLR. There's yeah. actually tutorials on TikTok that I like a lot and they're made more cinematic and funny and stuff like that. But there's always a smartphone element to them, mm -hmm. you know, being able to like shoot gorilla style kind of thing. Super yeah. Cool. There's a relatability to it. It's almost like modern day reality TV or something. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's what Casey Neistat kind of did uh, for all of us creators, you know, a couple of years ago when he did his daily vlog. At least for me, it was kind of like when I saw Casey doing his daily vlogs, that's when I was inspired to start my YouTube channel because I saw him as a filmmaker and I was a freelance filmmaker for years. And then I saw what he was doing and I could see the professionalism in it. And how intentionally gorilla it was, I was like, that's so form like that's a formula that he's done. Like you can see the composition, you can see the storytelling, but it looks shaky and raw, but it's all intentional, you know. Yeah. But people who watch it are, just get sucked into it. They get sucked in because it's 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 something that I I've seen before in terms of like me trying to do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We've all seen shaky video when we started. We were like, oh my god, how do I stabilize this thing? Or oh, the angles off and things yeah. like that. So I, I I loved it. I also got massively inspired by him, and hugely inspired by Peter McKinnon as well. <laughs> to the point that at my very early stages, when I was starting to do some of my like my oldest videos, people were leaving comments and stuff like, oh look at this copycat trying to do the same thing and i'm like oh no i'm not trying to do that i just you know love him very much <laughs> yeah well everybody has to start somewhere and it's it's easy to to replicate and i think that's the best way to learn is to look at something you like try to emulate it and then and then you eventually become Slowly yourself it in place and yeah you, and you become you create your own style you know our art good artists steal right that's the that's the <laughs> Honest truth. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> so what, I mean, what do you see for yourself over the next couple of years? I mean, what are your goals for for your career? I mean, you've got two very different things. You're a musician and a, a YouTuber. Uh do you want to balance both? Is that something that you enjoy doing both? Yes, I would love to continue that, you know, that dual lifestyle, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> uh, you know, I would love to focus full time on my content creator, though. I'm very passionate about it. I lose sleep over it. <laughs> so it's definitely something that I really, really enjoy because it's mine. It's something that I created by myself. And I've had help by a lot of people, of course. But at the end of the day, I am fully responsible for it. Um, so there's a sense of like identity that I have from the videos and the content that I create. Um, so yeah, I would love to focus 100% on that. I am looking over the next couple of months to start doing it more professional work outside of YouTube, mm -hmm. being able to start some sort of like production uh, on a small scale, yeah, uh, social media first and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, and then of course, uh, you know, transition on the band. The band is kind of like kind of like a part time. Hey, we're doing this now. Okay, cool, cool, cool. We'll do it for a couple months and then we go back. Uh, but the YouTube stuff can also run with it. Yeah. Because it will be su super cool to be in a new city every day and it's cool documented. Yeah. yeah. Well, we let's, let me talk about that. What was that like moving to America? Oh, that was crazy. Um, so, yeah, moving when I was 19 years old, I I knew in my heart that what I wanted wasn't in, in San Juan. Um, I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to go to Puerto Rico. Um, it's a beautiful place. Mm -mm. Recently got hit by hurricanes and yeah. and uh you know earthquakes and stuff like that um so it's very unfortunate because i still have family there so it's very nerve-wracking 
Um, but it's if you reach out to them or oh yeah yeah everybody's you know fine for the most part. Um, but you know I knew at a early age that what I really wanted wasn't in that island because at the time uh, social media and uh, you know content create content creation in general was gatekept right mm-hmm. big networks big companies. Uh, there wasn't an outlet for me to be able to just do what I wanted on the music side or on just the video side of things. So I just decided to, hey, let's explore. So I moved. Um, I've been back a couple times. Um, the cool thing is that you don't need a passport to go there. It's, since it's a U.S. territory, you just boom, go in, go out. Mm-hmm. Super cool. Uh, great content there as well. Um, <laughs> it's beautiful, yeah. And yeah, you know, I met my wife there through music. I met her at an event and, and, you know, we, we connected. She's very passionate about music as well. And she supports me very much with my content creation. She's like my, my model, right? Whenever I, I need somebody to show something like, Hey, hold this, do this. And she looks at me and it's like, okay. And she already (laughs) knows what we're looking for. So she has kind of like, she has this role in the channel too. She helps me with, uh, logistics side of things and hey we got to do this we got to do that i don't recommend you to do this why don't you try this way so we get uh, a really good uh uh, partnership there too with the content but yeah and when the once the opportunity became available for me to move to california i've always wanted to come to california then i just told her hey um for anniversary would you like to go to vegas (laughs) because the underlying plan that I never told her was to drive from Vegas to California for me to audition for the band. So everybody okay. in the band <laughs> would sign off and say, Oh yeah, we, we want him or we don't. So we did that. She could smell it. Uh-huh. Oh, the guys actually moved to Riverside. Uh, let's go visit them. And she's like, this seems fishy. Uh-huh. So we drove from Vegas. We auditioned. She, she enjoyed it. She enjoyed, you know, California and stuff like that. She wasn't really like, happy about me not like kind of like squeezing that in she was like yeah. mm, sneaky <laughs> but it worked out ultimately and and yeah she's has she like here me. in orange county she she like she likes orange county better than la yeah yeah <laughs> um were you guys you were gonna live in la we uh lived uh on the outskirts la county okay right yeah. so there riverside. was a lot of traffic so we first moved to riverside okay then we moved to rancho cucamonga and then after yeah. Rancho, we moved to uh, kind of like the West Covina side of things because mm-hmm. it was a little bit closer for me to get That's to. It's funny. Like, um, my shooter, Jake, lives in Riverside. My old shooter, Connor, lives in Rancho Cucamonga. Nice. And uh, Armando lives up there in Fontana. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Orange County is great, man. It's yeah. like a it's like a little oasis. Yeah, it's very open. I like that. Mm-hmm. It reminds me a little bit of Rancho with, you know, no super tall buildings. Everything is within eye level and the ocean's super close. Yeah. So I love that. Um, so, yeah, we've been in Costa Mesa for, you know, a couple of weeks now. We're just fresh <laughs> in, so to Congrats. speak. <laughs> and, yeah, she's, she's really liking it because she's closer to work. She also work, uh, works full time. So uh, we did it mainly f- to avoid the traffic for yeah for what we need to do and stuff like that so well that's great you gotta do what's best for your family so yeah that's awesome yeah next frontier who knows um i've been getting a lot of like phones are getting better (laughs) yeah so it it, you know the beautiful thing about this is that we don't necessarily have to be at a specific place Mm -hmm. you know this job can be performed in a bunch of different scenarios Uh, but i do love california yeah me too. i do love it i i love that we have snow desert ocean city 
mm-hmm. all combined, so to speak. Vegas is only four hours away. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> For NAB and CES. Yes, that's awesome. <laughs> um, cool, yeah, I mean... People just have to follow you uh, to see to see your journey on that and to see if you buy an ESR. <laughs> Ooh, stay tuned. I am BNTs right now. It's sitting there on a cage with uh, just the beautiful, the beautiful, beautiful setup. Um, He's talking about the one that I have sitting on the table here. <laughs> yes. Um, so just to kind of end our we've been talking for about an hour so that's great nice. man um to kind of close up this uh, interview what what would kind of be the like one big kind of takeaway that you'd like to share with with somebody who may be struggling uh maybe they're doing what you're doing but they maybe feel a little down and out about it um is there any any tips or uh, things that you'd like to share yeah absolutely um the main thing is that you're not alone Right. If you are struggling with figuring out what is the kind of content that you want to create and things are not working out the way you have them in your head, it, it we're all going through it every single day. We're all thinking, how do we make this work? We're thinking what kind of creative ideas we can implement to elevate our content. So uh, there's people that are always going to judge it. And that's great because it means that you are getting some attention. So don't let you know, anything to discourage you from doing what you're doing, but at the same time, uh, put in the time, put in the work. The North star that I follow is what is the value? Why would someone stop their day and give me five to 10 minutes of their time? And what can I give them in return? What is the value proposition, so to speak? So every single time I think of a video, my main thing is how do I make this? So when somebody watches this content, it becomes something that they can take away and just grow as a creator, as an individual, or just somebody that just wants to take better photos or videos uh, in general. As long as you're checking that box and you're making it about the audience and not mainly about yourself, I feel that you're going to start noticing a lot more uh, uh, retention and attention and feedback, which is the most important thing. Companies Mm -hmm. pay (laughs) for surveys and feedback, and then we get it for free on the daily, whether it's good or bad. So I feel that uh, being uh, practical about it and objective and not letting it get to mm-hmm. you. I know it's tough, but, you know, doing something about it is going to be the, the biggest part of it. Okay, cool. I'm getting a lot of people saying this. I'm getting a lot of people saying no to that. How do we, how yeah. do we act on it? Yeah, I feel that will be the greatest thing. And don't let gear set you back. You know, do what you ha- what you can with what you have. Squeeze the juice out of it, so to speak, and then slowly evolve and insert that value into the channel, and your audience will love it. Absolutely, great way to close out, Eddie. Thanks for coming in. It's a pleasure getting to know you. Thank you so much for having and, me. It's uh, a pleasure. We, we should do a collab sometime. We're right down the street. Oh, absolutely. We'll love that. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Thank you. I hope you guys enjoyed my interview with Eddie from EMT Films. I would encourage you guys to go check out Eddie's YouTube channel. Just search EMT Films on YouTube and give him a follow on Instagram as well at EMT Films. Again, I want to remind you guys to check out the Light Chaser Pro mobile photography and filmmaking kit on our website at PolarProFilters.com. Eddie is a big fan of it and you can see him talk about it on his channel actually. It's a real honor to do this podcast every single week, and we have even more guests lined up for you guys coming in hot, so make sure to subscribe to the Golden Hour Podcast. We post every single Tuesday morning. Once again, I'm your host, Dave Mays. This is the Golden Hour Podcast, and we'll see you next week.